Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Enon Zur for Siberia, The World Before. The game comes out in February of 2022, but the soundtrack came out late last year in December of 21. So that gave me the chance to speak with Enon about all of the music, and the music in this game is pretty special for a number of reasons. Uh, Some of them include that uh, one of the main characters is a concert pianist. Part of the game is set in 1937 with clear parallels to World War II, and all of that sets the stage for some really great music. And you can watch a video of the conversation I had with Enon on the Level with Emily YouTube page. Here's Enon. The previous three Siberias, um, there was basically only one major character, Kate Walker. Um, In this game, we're actually being introduced to a new main character, and her name is Dana Rose. She's a 17 years old, um, amazing pianist. And the year is 1937. And the place is somewhere in Europe that we could definitely see that the war is looming. And Dana, because of her religion and um, where she came from, obviously is vulnerable to what's going on. And we see here approaching a uh, square in the middle of town and performing and that's how the game starts. We don't know if there is a connection between Dana Rose and Kate Walker but um, we can play them both during the game and we could choose if we we want to play Dana or play Kate or we want to play one time this and one time that. And the story is extremely compelling and has lots of twists and it's very, very dramatic. And we are following that. And all I could say is Kate Walker in the previous three episodes of Siberia was always sort of like chasing her destiny and future um, and always on the run. The chase is still on, but this time Kate is chasing the past. Kate is chasing where she came from, her origins. And it's just really extraordinary story and very unique way of looking at things. I just can't wait to share it with, uh, you know, with the players. you know again it's just it's so great and the piano obviously with Dana being an aspiring concert concert pianist there's tons of piano in there and we'll we'll talk about that but there's also a lot of really great focused instrument solos whether it's cello or oboe there's a lot of beautiful clarinet in there 
Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I love since, you know, at the beginning of the game, 1937, that time in the world of music is very distinctive. You can hear music from that era and kind of know that that's... And this is what we totally strived to do. Yeah, I love it. It's not that we brought music from this era, but we brought music that we thought will be played during this era. So it's the romantic composers, um, some of the Russian composers, some French composers. I definitely take notes from um, Debussy, Ravel, uh, but a lot of Rachmaninoff and Prokofiev as well inside. Yeah. Because this is a, um, we sort of like wanted to assume that this is what people would listen these in this era, but also these composers, um, and Chopin, of course. Yeah. How can we do without? Chopin is probably the main influence in this, and that because he wrote so much for piano, and we can assume that this is what Dana would play. So, we, in order to make everything very realistic, without using a known musical pieces. Um, we had to sort of like recreate the style a little bit. And it was really amazing to soak in and write this way for me. I just don't get to do it so much. we're saying it's such a distinct time and um you know with like delayed resolutions and the building of tension and just all these kind of you know overly romantic gestures right in in music with harmony and volume and dynamics and that's right all of that stuff and that opening and you know people now even though the game's not out yet you can watch a solid hour i think of of gameplay from the beginning exactly that's yeah yeah. that's um that's the um um you know the prologue and you could definitely um watch it and um enjoy it a lot (laughs) yeah and see that first performance on this big steampunk piano that she's playing in this square it's really cool yeah it's very very cool it's very cool um so who played all the piano stuff her name is emily like yours oh (laughs) nice (laughs) um Emily Bear is... um, Oh, I know Emily Bear. I don't know her personally, but I know her through the jazz world. Well, not only the jazz world. She was just announced that she's nominated for Grammy. Oh, good for her. That's wonderful. Um, She's young. She is 20 now. Okay. Wow. And Good for her. She's also just made it into uh, 30 Under 30 for Forbes. Oh, nice. So she's definitely making some headlines. Yeah. But I actually found her uh, through her Jewish roots. It's funny because um, I was introduced to her four years ago when she was 16. Wow. And I met her in a synagogue during high holidays. um, And my friend introduced me to her and she's like, she's an amazing pianist. Look at this, look at this. And I already knew about this game. 
And I totally made the connection because Dana Rose is a 17 years old aspiring pianist and Jewish. Yeah. And <laughs> so is Emily. Yeah. And I said to her, listen, I might have like pretty amazing gig for you, but you'll have to wait about two years because <laughs> we're still in development. Yeah. And two years later, I started basically writing the score. And in 2020, in March, right before the pandemic hit here, yeah. I actually took her with me to Budapest and we recorded with the Budapest uh, Film Orchestra. Mm. And then we went back together to Budapest and recorded the second half of the score. Cool. And she did an amazing job, but the story um, of like this young girl who is an amazing pianist it just fits so well with um <laughs> you know with the story of the game so yeah. I, I just couldn't resist I mean, she sounds absolutely great. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, so does the orchestra. I was going to ask you where you recorded, because, of course, they sound great, too. In Budapest, they've been making the rounds as, uh, uh, you know, I've heard them on several soundtracks. Now. Yeah, they are right now sort of the leading orchestra when it comes to Central and Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, they definitely sort of like took the baton, you know. And doing a lot of uh, recording for films, for, for video games, for everything. Um, they're very capable. And um, since I worked with them in the last four years or five years, many times, they already know my style and they trust me. And when I stand in front of them and conducting them, they respond great. Um, and um, it was just a, the right choice specifically for this uh, game because their sound is so European. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the way they play, the way, you know, they express themselves. It's very different if it would have been played here in LA. So I'm very, very happy about this choice. Are all of the instrumental soloists from that orchestra then, or did oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I mean, recorded everything in. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I, I do want to talk a little more about the clarinet because the, it, it's like, it's like the, there's a track right away um, in the early uh, moments of the soundtrack. Maybe it's maybe like the fourth or fifth track. It's called um, "Quiet Place." Yes, right. yes, and and I love the clarinet in there with the pitch bending and the all of that. So talk to me a little bit about that and why you asked the clarinet to play that way stylistically. You know what I mean? Okay, I think we don't... There's two 
Oh, tracks. I might be thinking of. Um, no, no, here. no! I'll tell you exactly. Uh, that's called a nice, a nice person, a nice, nice person. person. That's. Yeah. A, but I also right. know. I also have a note here about a the quiet clarinet. Place also a quiet place. clarinet solo. Yeah, that's but the one that nice. reminded me of like salon music with like little chamber groups and yeah. So I didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a nice person when um, Dana is going up toward her concert, she stumbled upon a person who is repairing his shattered glass window of his shop and she asked him what's going on and he said well these are vandals um and basically this is happening more and more and more and um obviously you understand although they don't say these are nazis these are jewish people we are in germany but it's very very evident that this is a situation and uh, you know so we could assume that he's jewish and that was targeted by you know the nazis thugs who broke his um window and trashed his store and he's repairing it so this is his theme so in order to make it a little bit more sort of like ethnic i had it sort of like a touch of the Jewish flavor there. Yeah. With a clarinet. So then, yeah, also then the other one that we were talking about, A Quiet Place, where it's got those chamber solos, it's a little bit yeah, smaller. Yeah, A Quiet Place is totally, you know, I decided how can we sort of like change the pace a little bit. And I've chosen something that very, very much was taking after Eric Satie. Yes. And if you listen to it, it's very much a longer line of, you know, his, fa- you know, famous piece, but yeah. I did it on purpose because, again, you know, the era mm-hmm. and the way that you think, the, the way that they hear things in order to connect you to their reality, it was very important to keep it. And it was just fun to do it. Also love. There's quite a bit of uh, violin work too. I mean, there's a little. I would say a little more cello, wouldn't you say? But there's some yeah. great violin stuff I, too. You know, again, I used a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the cello is probably after the piano is what I'm using the most. Mm, okay. Um, I personally love cello. Yeah. And I think it's such an expressive, warm instrument mm-hmm. that brings sort of like the sheer heart of music it is so expressive yeah and i i just really loved writing for cello yeah. and i just 
you know, felt that, all right, that's that's what we're going to do. And then there's some really fun bassoon, too. There's this track. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, that's, <laughs> I, again, I cannot really talk about this character, but it is funny character there. I wondered, it, yeah. It's sort of like a half-mechanic character, like Benoit Sokal's, you know, characters. Yes. And I thought that uh, it's going to be really great um, to have the bassoon, actually, doing that and it just came out so interesting (laughs) it's a goofy instrument for sure exactly well especially when it plays um the highest register where i really like to hear it You mentioned Benoit Socal, and that's who uh, created these games, right? Right. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of realizing the vision. And do you work with him on coming up with a musical style, or, or how did how did that work? Benoit is a legacy. He's a legend. Yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away this May, quite young, um, in his 60s, uh, from cancer. And he was a good friend of mine. I've known him since 2003. And to describe him, you just start that he is the real deal. He is a real artist and a great artist. His style is so recognizable and so unique. And alongside of his style of um, drawing, as also his storytelling. Yeah. And he is the father of Siberia. He is the creator um, for the Siberia games. Um, and everything is basically taken by, by him. And Microids definitely is feeling a lot orphaned right now without him. He is just such an inspiration for me because the way he draws is so unique. He always finds an interesting angle. And this is why when I'm writing music for him, I will always try to find an interesting angle. Even if you listen to some of the cues, it's very classical, but I am weaving in some synthesizers as well. Yes. You know, because of like his tendency to involve the very magical world of Siberia, there's always something like steampunk style yeah. characters, automatons, and other um, characters that are, is, are so unique to his style. Did 
you mostly have art to work off of? It's not like you were new to Siberia having worked on it. Well, actually, um, I did see um, some of the cutscenes. Okay. Um, and I actually had to score some of these cutscenes. For example, the music when she plays, I had to score it to that. But I think what moved me more than anything else is the actual story. The story for um, this game in particular is extremely powerful. You know, it's just remarkable how they built it. And um, I was connected so much, but also on a personal level, my family lived through the Holocaust, but 70 to 80% of them were murdered from the side of my mom Basically, um, the only survivor was her mom oh, uh, wow. from Greece. And from the side of my dad, uh, more than half of the family were murdered during the Holocaust. So for me, the whole notion and issue of the Second World War and, and the Holocaust is just a huge part of my upbringing, yeah. my history, and so Right away when I was starting to write, the emotions um, were overflowing. Mm. And everything I wrote was basically painted by this emotional color of sadness and, and tragic events. of inspiration um, I think um, the pain is one of the best writers when it comes to music and if you could express it um, then it <laughs> you know it works good and we don't want to feel pain right but if we could express ourselves and let this pain out through our music, then at least this is the gift we could give to the world. One of the things I think um that happens really well a few times in the score is even though the piano is so prevalent throughout, there are times when it's really kind of subtly there or maybe it's mm -hmm. disguised more and that mm -hmm. I find really fun. Um, and I think the most obvious example of that is the track that's called Just a Ghost. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very much toward the end. And um, it's like there's piano there, but it's right. been manipulated. It's been, uh, you know, you've 
processed it somehow. Um, and and that's really cool. And then the cello kind of sneaks in about a third of the way into that track. That's a really neat track. And I'm sure you probably can't talk much about what's plot happening there. No, but, uh, I can't. But but do talk about track, the track. Yeah. yeah, the track itself was actually very, very different. And it's almost like a standalone. Yes, very. It's not like, um, it's more of the minimalistic style. Yeah. You know, composers that did it, you know, many composers like John Cage and others um, use this technique of minimalism. Yeah. Um, and because of the scene that this um, truck is being played in, uh, we have decided together that we want to write something that is totally out of the style of Siberia and bring something totally different. Cool. Um, again, I cannot talk a lot about what's going on, Yeah. but um, we've decided that this uh, minimalistic style will be the perfect fit for this. And that's why I wrote it. I mean, the oboe I thought, thought was really interesting too, hearing these long drawn out oboe solos. And when when you chose these instruments, are they often attached to people or is it just a musical choice? Um, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Like the bassoon is attached to this character, sure. um, any character. Um, the piano obviously is attached to Dana Rose. Uh, but sometimes it's just about expressing an idea and finding a, a ways, basically, to play a melody in a way that it will stand out. You know, I cannot really say that I'm making a conscious decision. Sometimes I write this melody and I just hear it with an oboe. So I'll write it for oboe. Sure. It, it, it's these things usually write themselves. Sometimes I really can't assume responsibility for everything. And you said earlier that, you know, obviously there's some synthesizer in there. Was that, and and it's no spoiler that there's some time travel kind of back and forth, as we've said, 1937 exactly, with yes. Dana, and then there's so Kate in the present. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to separate the, the two time zones, shall okay. we say. Yeah. In yeah. 2004 or five uh, versus 1937. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so during the 1937, we go way, way, way more orchestral. Gotcha. And yeah. when we're going into the 2000s, it'll be a little bit more modern. Mm -hmm. um, although everything has sort of like the connection. And it was very important to try to create this bridge between these two eras. And obviously, when you play the game, you will just understand why. Mm -hmm. 
Also, something you said earlier is that, you know, you knew about this four years ago, um, mm-hmm. but you didn't start writing until two years ago. No. So do you do any writing at all? I mean, before that time or where, you know, you knew about it for two years, but weren't writing. I mean, do you still kind I of mean, keep it? I mean, we, we started something and we started mainly with ideas. We knew that they're not going to be like a main theme per se. Okay. But we definitely started to establish the style. And I think that the first thing I wrote actually was the music scene where Dana oh, cool. sits with her weird steampunk piano in place. So this is the first thing I wrote. And I wrote it basically when I saw it, it's like, okay, I, I might even wrote it before I saw the movie. I don't remember now, <laughs> but it, it was definitely, it was told to me the way it's supposed to be. And I'm like, all right, well, this is her theme. And I've came up with her theme and then we took it from there. It's just been really enjoyable to listen to. And where where can people listen to it right now? So it's actually today is out and it will be on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, everywhere. So um, you could feel free to listen to it. It's, it's already um, on, um, and of course, Spotify. So, you know, you could just listen to it on Spotify probably. Um, and I just hope that people will listen to it and then will like it and it'll be a great preparation for them to get close to the spirit of the game. Mm -hmm. So when the game is going to be out, they'll already sort of like dip their toes, shall we say, inside the Siberia world. And now they're ready to play. always such a pleasure i love i just get so excited whenever you have new music out so i was pleased to get in touch with you it means so much to me when you are um you know hosting me and obviously there are going to be more stuff to talk about in the future and so i think we'll see each other soon 
Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Enon Zur and see a playlist. Also support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. And don't forget to check out the video of the chat that I had with Enon on the Level with Emily YouTube page. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle does our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.